Hey everybody, we were once called Final Frontiers. Now we are Here Come the Warm Gents. We're still talking about Alias, still the only people that are on the internet talking about Alias, and so far we have not yet been sued, Warm Gents or otherwise. So stay tuned and have a good listen. Greetings, Internet. This is Final Frontiers, the Internet's first and only Alias podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Mitchell. We are discussing Alias Season 1, Episode 17, Q&A. Did not rehearse that. No. Every day a new disguise, (laughs) every night a Halloween, as the song goes. (laughs) Written by J.J. Abrams, directed by Ken Olin. Old old names. Old names? What do you mean? We're used to these names by now. Yeah. they're ever stalwart. I'm very glad that these people were able to secure a job and then continue to secure it through 2001, 2002. Is ever stalwart? That's redundant, right? Ever stalwart? Yeah. Stalwart implies ever. Kind of. It's, it's, it's like that uh, English redundancy. You're ever so stalwart when they're saying it to be sarcastic because you're not. All right. Well, I wasn't doing that. Well, you fucked up. All right. Netflix summary. No TV guide summary this week. Don't get I, your hopes up. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sure it would have been a doozy, too. Yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> In parentheses, clip show. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that. it. Yeah. Uh, Netflix, while being questioned by the FBI about her ties to Rambaldi, Sydney makes a shocking discovery that may unravel the mysterious 500-year-old prophecy. Short and sweet. Yeah. How we like it. Wikipedia. Oh, I'm going to show you on the, on the sheet. You have All a right. picture this of, this of a woman is, that looks like Sydney? <laughs> yeah. Kind of. This is not, page not really. 47 of your notes. Uh, hey, fuck you. I got three pages, okay? <laughs> I got three pages like I always have. Page 47 of my notes. So I prepare. It's, it's uh, a reference to the Rambaldi book. I am going Jerk. to blacken your eye after this. I, you can, so help me. You can't be clueless about a show that just gave us its own clip show and exposition like episode. <laughs> All right, so Netflix. All right, two lines. And then Wikipedia. Wikipedia has uh, seven lines. Well, when you're less literate, you just need more lines. Wikipedia. While the FBI detains and questions Sydney about her past and possible ties to the mysterious Rambaldi doomsday prophecy, Vaughn and Jack must race to free her and find a way to clear her name before her cover is blown and SD6 is made aware of the situation. Once the rescue op has been launched in her quest to prove her innocence, Sydney shocks even her usually unflappable father when she makes a chilling discovery that may unravel the mystery of the 500-year-old prophecy. She finds proof that Rimbaldi's writings may hold more truth about an alleged weapon of mass destruction and the fate of her own family. Bit of a mouthful. Yeah, did she? Wait, well, I think that might have skipped ahead. Uh, a weapon of mass destruction? No, nah, they sort of they piece that together about the, uh, the, the vulgar whatever, whatever that, that incoherent... Uh, the vulgar truce? Yeah, that whatever that incoherent prophecy was from uh, from the Rambaldi translation, it seems this show is kind of like an incoherent prophecy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm glad. Uh, I will get there. Uh, I wish that I was willing to uh, sort of put more effort into this because I my first thought was brief introductory news segment, new mm-hmm. section where we talk about it, and then after that. Uh, a clip show of all of our old episodes. All of our old episodes. And I, I really don't want to listen to this again. I was thinking uh, you could do like a previously on Final Frontiers. We have, we have like every time we're like, we're two guys that talk to each other a lot. And we thought, why don't we record each other? So then I handed Matt a note while he was eating lunch in Bryant Park that said, let's do a podcast. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> That's episode one. Yeah. Not of uh, of this podcast, but of just our lives. Of our lives. Yeah. So we start in medias res, Sydney. Mom in her mom wig. Sedan, mom wig, tearing ass away from the LAPD. Drives off a pier. Why would she do that? What does she have to hide from the LAPD? Except, oh, I don't know. She's a spy. She works for a terrorist group. Everything. Yeah. Back at the CIA, Bitter Beerface and Vaughn, they're butting heads over yeah. who knows what. Vaughn's trying to be a bigger man, but her beer face won't let him. It's like, fine, this is a fresh start. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck I, you again. I hate your handsome Aryan face. It does. 
He just said, and then his hates his firm hairline, and he has that receding curly hair. He has like curly hair. Worst and of he's all, bald. Worlds. It's yeah. just yeah, and it's like gingerish color. Just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that fat X-wing pilot. Yeah, talking shit. I was trying to come up with a clever Star Wars name that makes. Uh, light of his weight, but I couldn't figure one out. They uh, George <laughs> Lucas did that in 1976. Yeah, with Porkins. I can't. How do you how do you improve on Porkins? You don't. Yeah, fat X wing pilot. It is. You wonder. Like we look at Greg Grunberg now, he just seems like an average man. Yeah. In 1977, would he have been a fat man? He would have been a baby. How old is he now? <laughs> how old is he? You know, that's not my question. If uh, were he standing next to Porkins, would uh, he be thinner than Porkins? Or would he just look the same? I don't know. See, the thing is about Porkins and his jowls, he had a, like, a beard that kind of called attention to the fat, but also obscured it a little. He had a goatee that ended at the, uh, like his at the first, first chin, chin and yeah. then just there was like three other chins. I like that this is, uh, this is not the language of bullies. It's the language of fat kids <laughs> yeah. who, who, who have internalized their self-hatred. Yes. So the fat X-wing pilot talking shit about uh, about bitter beer face. Turns out that Vaughn, he's a Rambaldi. Well, did, you, did, you, did you catch any of that? I had to turn on the subtitles. Well, I was like, uh, he says, "Well, you don't, I always have the subtitles on." Are yours the Netflix ones that are yeah. like gigantic? They're pretty. They're big and white and crystal clear, even when the video quality dips. Yeah, because they're like gigantic. Like they're right. huge. Yeah, he says something about how he has uh, he ate in the rotunda of the FBI so and so, and he has the manners of a six year old. Yeah, I'm glad he whispered effect. something that was going to come into play later yeah. for all the audience that's paying attention. When he's eating a plate of ribs and he just <laughs> pours them all over his shirt. Yeah. And they're like, this show's nauseating. It's <laughs> barbecue sauce on his forehead somehow. <laughs> Vaughn, he's a Rambaldi believer, maybe. It seems like he's kind of down with uh, Rambaldi. So they're like, I think he, if the Department of Special Research is into it, he's going to be like, all right, I should check into this. I. Yeah, but they're clearly kooks. Yeah. Who listened to those fucking guys? But they're like the government-sanctioned kooks, like in Hellboy. That's right. So the FBI tribunal, they're going to fly in from D.C. to... Uh... Wait, is this before or after Sydney is sitting there at that table and she's uh, generously handed a vanilla milkshake? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I know you're in, ca- you're in capti- your captivity. This is going to be the state of the nation for a while. For the next 10 years or so, people are just going to be held without their rights. But motherfucker, this is America. Everyone gets a vanilla milkshake and an unassuming styrofoam cup. <laughs> I forgot about the vanilla milkshake. Uh, this is a lot of weird, weird details on this show. Let the bodies hit the floor and let the detainees have a vanilla milkshake. All right. Because uh, it was 2001? Yeah, this All was right. about to happen. We're on the cusp. I think it was mentioned, maybe jumping ahead, but... Oh, no, it's, sorry, it's 2002. I was thinking because, of, because right. of Drowning Pool. Yes. but do, do they allude to Drowning Pool? No, I think we've alluded before to... Uh, drowning Pool? ...being used to torture detainees of the CIA. Well, uh, Spy Dad, in the next scene, uh, vaguely references the current climate. The current climate, yeah. And I was like, oh, what would have, this, what would have been happening if not for 9-11 in the show? Uh, I don't know. Probably would have spent a lot of time talking about J Lo. Do you think you think it would have got a, a lot weirder, like a lot weirder, a lot earlier, if they didn't have to kind of be like respectful yeah. of the intelligence community? Right, because we saw an episode uh, a couple weeks back where uh, Vaughn referenced the Patriot Act. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this was clearly written after nine eleven. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I. I mean, I, like, I obviously the pilot and maybe the first. Five episodes were not? I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know what the turnaround is on... Because you have to pay a writer to write a script. J.J. Abrams didn't write all of those. So I'm assuming the pilot was picked up. He has a Bible for the show, and then writers are hired to script. So I don't know what the... What the distance is between uh, the show being broadcast and the show being written. If it's... uh, I'm assuming it's at least a month. Yeah. But I have no idea. Month maybe uh, yeah and uh, maybe there were I wonder if there were a lot of rewrites like uh, you know hey we gotta change some things uh, in light of the uh, current climate to quote a Gerber that would I'm sure the Bible Gerber. was drastically rewritten that's uh, that's true so there's an FBI tribunal flying in from DC who's there Locke from Lost blow up guy from the first like ten minutes of the Aliens movie. First 10 minutes of the Aliens movie. I'm sorry. The first 10 minutes of the X-Files movie. Remember when they're in that building in Dallas? Yeah. 
Was that him? Yeah, that was like Harry like, O'Quinn. Like he like uh, sits down in front of the bomb, just kind of has a look at it, and it just like blows up in his face. He's a bomb squad guy or a terrorist guy? Uh, he's just an FBI uh, alien conspiracy cover up guy. So he's like, everyone get out of here, I'll take care of it. And he kind of just like sits down in front of it. Was he complicit in the uh, whatever the hell the X Files thing is? Nine Eleven? Yes. <laughs> no, the uh, the aliens and the black goo and. Uh... He was definitely the syndicate. Whatever, what's he, it called? He knew something. He was part of the government's uh, conspiracy. That son of a bitch! Hybrid building alien damn it. folks. He's playing Special Officer Kendall. What do we know Terry O'Quinn from? X Files, Lost, Lost, uh, Rocketeer. Oh, that's right. He was Howard Tom. Hughes. Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes. Holy shit! Uh, Millennium. Ah, uh, wait. Was he using Millennium? He was in a lot of Millennium, if not every episode. Was he like uh, partners with? Uh, Lance Hendrickson's character or just kind of like uh, a... I don't know sure why not it's, I, I, I just looked at IMDB um, but we mostly know him from Lost he's a familiar face yeah Special Officer Kendall walks in he sees Sydney there and I'm thinking why doesn't he ask her how have you never been to Langley yeah. how are you buying the bullshit premise Would you look at of your, your entire career <laughs> and then gratefully it's the first thing he asks mm-hmm Terry O'Quinn effectively performs the tasks. If I was explaining this show to my father, right. Terry O'Quinn asks pretty much all of the same questions, but he does it in the style of a stern son of a bitch, right. Emmy award winning actor. And he's very good at it. He's a uh, fucking FBI special director of panel tabled deist inquisitions. Yeah. Official title. And at this point, we don't know this is a clip show. Oh, no, not yet. But, oh, man. It seems like a weird show. Yeah. Or a weird episode yeah. so far. Uh, I think f- I got a sense, though, at this point. Like, right before I knew for sure it was going to be a clip show, I'm kind of like, wait, is he just going to, like, ask all the questions? Like, uh, he's just going to be, like, the de facto audience member? Well, there so, wasn't like, explain the, this shit. There wasn't the opening with the brief, like, rundown of events. Right. You know, where Sydney explains everything about the show at the beginning. Right. And I was like, oh, well, this is probably, is he just going to ask all of those things? And it's going to take, you know, 45 seconds or whatever it normally takes. A little more involved. Completely, for our purposes, unnecessary. Yeah. But, uh, so what, what did we learn in that first segment? Which the clip, the beginning, is are this like pre-clip show or when we're sure this is the clip show? Pre-clip show. Well, that uh, Vaughn and Bitterbeer face or. Stoking the fires of animosity. No, what do we learn from uh, Locke interrogating Sydney? Oh, uh, uh, SD6 is a French name. She got up to speed in eight months of training. Yeah, oh, no, no, no. That's my favorite part. Is they just put her like, <laughs> it's like temp to spy. So yeah. you're going to do some light filing, answer some phones for about six months, right. and then we're going to throw you <laughs> in. Yeah. Into like, S- <laughs> it's, it's basically the same career path. That went from me being a temp to an office manager, which is just a temp. Right. Uh, for That's me, temp to perm, baby. For me, it took sweet, sweet benefits. seven years. Uh, for Sydney, she went from receptionist to field agent. Yeah. And an evil spy agency in eight months. That, that's pretty good. Especially as a teenager yeah. or whatever the hell she was. Oh, she was. And then we learned that she's also a she was a college freshman. Which I'm assuming, if this was six years ago, yeah, it's uh, she probably that was probably for her bachelor's, and then because mm-hmm. you need the master's for teaching, so right. that would kind of make sense that that's why she's still writing about Fitzgerald and doing a passable job at best. Hey, she got a what did she get in that paper? She shouldn't have gotten anything higher than a B plus because it's makeup work. It's uh, let's just assume she's at UCLA. Okay, you're at a, a big time fucking school. You don't turn in late and subpar work in a graduate program. You don't think she's going to USC? The Trojans? Mm, something about that whole area tells me it's UCLA. CSU Long Beach? CSU Long Beach? She could, she, she could be going to CSU Long Beach. That's true. She'd be going to Dominguez Hills. We have no idea. Yeah. Uh, though, which one has a haunted library? Mm, All of them? All of them. Wow. I worked at a library that was supposedly haunted because we shared a, a wall in the, the sub-level with the periodicals with the morgue of a cancer hospital. Or so they say. Now we're talking. Yeah. All right. Uh, where was this library? This was the Keck School of Medicine in uh, L.A. County. The Keck? Keck. Key. Key. Key as in K. Uh-huh. K-E-C-K or K-E-K. I'm not sure. 
That sounds like the sound a cancer patient would make. Yeah, as they as they die slowly die. Yeah. Like it's the cancer hospital. Why aren't you doing anything? It's in your goddamn name. Fix this. I made a donation. Yeah. What would you like to name the school? <laughs> All what right. Was that? <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. The sign is made. You did it twice, so we know it's official. <laughs> So uh, supposedly, my friend said they went down there. They went down there to close, and they heard like like the sound of like a woman screaming. And so like they ran down like, oh shit, like what's going on? And like no one was there. And like the fucked up thing is like you had to like turn off the lights in there, and like you had to go to like this room that was like a mechanical room mm-hmm. to go turn off like the first set the first set of lights. So you had to like walk back in the dark to get to the doorway that got you to the that took you back upstairs. So I think they just told people that to fuck with them. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. But you do kind of like, it just weighs in the back of your head like, ah. I don't approve. Dark. Yeah. When, uh, when I thought it was a real haunted library with real cancer ghosts, I was into it. Now, uh, just kind of a mean joke. Well, I've never seen, yeah, I, I've never seen any cancer ghosts. Doesn't mean that there's not cancer ghosts there. That's true anywhere. Yeah. yeah it does very true. I mean, I would assume especially near a uh, cancer hospital. Yeah. A lot of people what? pissed that they got killed by cancer. I would be. Hell yeah, you would be. <laughs> Damn so right. Sydney had never, indignation. had never touched a gun. Right. Uh, until the transition? Or shortly before the transition? This is, yeah, the, the six months of answering phones, light fight. Maybe it's maps. They probably do see how well you pay attention to detail. Yeah. And made yeah. you file some heavy shit. I mean, they could have like tested you really well with like how well you memorize names and shit yeah. like that without being handheld. Yeah, just like, like All right. uh, how you look in a wig. Yeah, a lot, You'd of, have lot, to... of, a lot of those important important <laughs> concerns. Are, are you a racist? Yeah, how are you with uh, you know trans- speaking Italian like you're a drunk woman? Ride down the elevator, sub level six of Credit Dauphine. Where was the guy with a gun? <laughs> just like some random schmuck in that elevator. He could have had a gun. That's true. Maybe that guy died too. Yeah. After this. Oh yeah, maybe he was killed by. Uh, What's his face? Quentin Tarantino? Yeah. Uh, what is his name? It's McSomething. Cole? No. Cole? McKinnis Cole? Cole. McKinnis Cole? Okay. Quentin Tarantino's character's name is McKinnis Cole. You could have killed the uh, tough shit elevator man. The guy thought he was all fucking tough to that, to that delivery guy. Could be. Got what was coming. Vaughn and Svidad, they meet at their, uh, their weird little storage warehouse. <laughs> the vague reference to the current climate. Sydney's case classified... Omega-17. Sounds like a new wave band. Yeah, completely arbitrary. Yeah. Sydney could be held without trial or charges for the rest of her life. Holy shit. Okay, so this is where I'm looking at my notes. I've got notes. I got, like, current climate. I'm like, oh, we're finally, we're getting to see them reference 9-11. It's interesting for a show about the FBI and the CIA, about the government fighting terrorists. Right. Which, as it turns out, is has its creative direction forced at least partially by a 9-11 truther. Right. Which is not insignificant. Right. So And so I'm looking at my notes and it's just like, okay, this is just, is this just a fucking clip show? <laughs> like, so <laughs> shortly thereafter, it's like, wait a minute. And then, all right, opening credits. We're back at the uh, the FBI. Is it the FBI where Sydney's being held? It is. Yeah, it's a yeah. bill. I don't know. Uh, it is. Bitter beer face will reveal it soon. He says it's the FBI, <laughs> so it is. We have the flashback to the first episode. Danny yeah. singing Build Me Up Buttercut. My and we says, also see the goddamn same clip of the faceless man hand handing her the note, which says, join uh, CIA with the yes and a no and a checkbox by each of them. Well, my note says, Jesus, this show used to be mortifying. Like, it's weird to, re- like, to realize how quickly, I really only in the last few episodes, I feel like post the box, mm-hmm. are we like, oh... Like, this is a very fast-moving, like, before I could watch it and not really think about it. Yeah. You know, I'd make my notes so we could talk about it at tedious length and move on with my life. But now I watch it, and I'm like, I really want to watch the next one. Yeah. That was not the case before. It's, uh, we thought that it gelled pretty early on. Wait, uh, are you saying you want to watch it more now, every time we watch it? Or Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, like, it's, it has such... Uh, momentum and it, that's exciting because I know before long it goes totally off the rails, and so now and I'm it like it seems like it's kind of already off the rails, but well, it's still capped. It's still uh, interesting to watch. I feel like it's becoming the show that Alias fans think of. Okay, I feel like if an Alias fan goes back and watches the first ten to fifteen episodes, 
they're like oh yeah there was like the thing with like francie's boyfriend who wanted <laughs> to be a singer and sydney didn't know this and yeah. I, I feel like a lot of this like it's building toward a very rambali centric story yeah. where it wasn't obviously before right the fact that the dvd complete series is called the the rambali set or whatever oh. i i kind of knew it would be a thing uh but i don't know like it, it seemed like it was downplayed now it's uh now it's, it's a it's very prominent in the we're in all da vinci code with this shit yeah but it may or may not be uh, way better. I think it's way better than the Da Vinci Code, even though I have not have read not, the book yeah, or, or seen, seen the movie or seen the movies. Never will. I love Tom Hanks. I love Audrey Tattoo. Amalie. I, Ron Howard seems like an okay guy. We watched Apollo thirteen. Well, yeah, Ron Howard's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I rest of uh, development. I'd pull him out of a burning car. Yeah. Post haste. I like. I, I'm embarrassed that I had to think about it. So <laughs> you <long>. did. <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. for people that can't yeah. see, that was. A general pause. That was about uh, three seconds. Three I'm, seconds. I saw his eyes kind of glaze over as he imagined in his mind's eye the situation. And then he concurred, oh, yeah, I would do the same. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about myself. What do I have to gain by saving Ron Howard's life? I don't know. I'm thinking I'm running home that night. I'm pumping out some spec scripts. Yeah. <laughs> and just, hey. Ron, me and my friend. No, you're busy. I know you're going to be embracing life like you've never embraced it before. Do you call, have uh, calling your daughter, telling her, telling her how much you love her, and yeah. you know support her? Do you have anybody. Vanessa Taylor's phone number? Yeah. Can you can you hook us up with Vanessa Taylor? We have, we have some scripts. We have some scripts, and I am not wearing a shirt. I would like to wear a shirt that says Mike's Hard Lemonade, <laughs> and I think Vanessa Taylor has a line on that. Yeah, yeah. So bitter beer face. Says there are 47 distinct and verifiable Rambaldi predictions that were uncovered in this latest, uh, what have you. Yeah. And Vaughn realizes, I forget how, I guess from his conversation with uh, Fat X Wing Pilot. Yeah. He realizes up, that Bitter yeah. Beerface used to be FBI. He knows where Sydney's being held. He knows the procedures for end of day. They can't yeah. keep her in that sweaty little conference room. They got to move her. Uh, all because of uh, Fat X Wing Pilot. Just whisper it to him, like, I've seen him at the Rotunda. And only... Rotunda. Only known officers or whatever, high up FBI people eat there. So he had to have been high up at some point. Which is weird, because it seems like... Well, you're on a career track. If you're high up in the FBI, why do you want to jump to the CIA? I don't know. Maybe it's like anything else, where, yeah, you gotta gotta go lower on the ladder. Yeah, you you get into the business thinking you want to, uh, I don't know, investigate death threats against the president. FBI does that, and then who you realize, doesn't want to do that? Yeah, you realize I just want to like disperse illegal drugs throughout poor ethnic neighborhoods and torture people. <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> Only in America, folks. SD six stands for Section Desparu. Does not exist. Uh, the section does not exist. Coined by. Those are good accent. Alain Christophe, the guy who took Ed Hardy stuff and put it on a bunch of T-shirts. Yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> All right. And then Sydney says, uh, well, you know SD6. Come on. Come on. Oh, she, no. she, she names these things. I'm just going to play dumb. Like that, the that audience. Have, uh, real world analogs. Like Bhopal. What's Bhopal? It was uh, oh, she, yeah, there's the, the Union the, Carbide got, disaster in Bhopal. We, we got the clip show of the TV world, which is called stock footage. Right. Of just various people crawling out from under... Failed mechanisms. She called it the carbon proxy disaster. Yeah. Which sounds... That was very interesting. I was like, oh, is this real? Weirdly like union carbide. Carbon proxy, union carbide. Carbon proxy. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Garner, she looks sleepy in this episode. Yeah, she's being... Uh, she's, she's fucking bored. Like, I... Uh, well, it looks like she's reading her lines on the table. Give me a wig. Give me a fucking wig. It's like they were and like... And some glasses with a goddamn camera and I'll alias the fuck out of Rambaldi. It's I'll like, prove you. I'll prove my loyalty, lost man. It's like everybody was promised a week off, <laughs> and they were like, "We can pump the scene out in an afternoon." Yeah. And she's like, "Fine, I'll do it." Listen, we appreciate it, but we got to get this episode in studio. The network heads are worried that this is flying way over the head. People aren't tuning yeah. in. They're not understanding the episode. The current climate. Everyone's fucking worried. Anytime they see a plane go through the air that goes behind a building and then reemerges because of perspective. Uh, back at the CIA, fat X-wing pilot doing a yo-yo. <laughs> Vaughn, he's rereading the Rimbaldi translation. He says, "Hey." I, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Hey. <laughs> he, kind of, 
kind of comes to the conclusion that everybody this is else is a bunch uh, of fucking gibberish. Yeah. We're a guy. <laughs> it's like, well, if you're going to be literal about this, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And Sydney needs to see this mountain in Italy where right. Rambaldi was born. Or born near because the true the whatever if they're going to be fundamentalist about the Rambaldi prophecy. Yeah. If she's seen the mountain, then she's not the woman. Because we all know the FBI when they once they stick to something, that's hey, we yeah. do this one policy, we stick with it. I'm willing to give Vaughn the benefit of the doubt here. Like, I it think, sounds I think he's like right. the weakest fucking thread on a shitty sweater that you could just fucking pull. Well, if they're if they're sticklers for Rambaldi. We'll just have to disprove the prophecy, and then they'll have to let her go. God damn it, climate of the time. We're just going to attack a government agency oh, from within. Climate uh, of the time. Yeah. It's Rest the, in peace, Prince. It's the climate of the time. <laughs> and there's a, How many scenes are in that little storage locker in this episode? They love that storage locker. Vaughn, he, he sends a... Does he send there's a, never a janitor like, oh... He beeps. Sorry, uh, Mr. Vaughn. Spy dad again. So, like, they're back at the storage locker. Right. It's like, we need to extract Sydney, get her on a plane to Italy. They're like, yeah, sure, why not? It sounds like the fucking, like, the last half of Stripes at this point. That's kind of how it feels. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's all action, and you don't care. It's just about some really complicated RV that has missiles in it or yeah. some shit. And it's painted some shitty colors of green. And like you're asking yourself... Olive and avocado on top of each other. Yeah, you don't care. Yeah. Like, you just... The movie ends with the graduation ceremony. Yeah, why are we seeing this? Yeah. But anyway, it just seems like a wacky-ass uh, interlude to go like, Oh, right, we'll just snatch her from the FBI and we'll get her on the plane. She'll look at the goddamn Italian mountain and we'll be done with this wackiness. We learn that Sydney is raised by a nanny. Yeah. Not her mother. Who's this nanny? Nanny wasn't there, just like in Austin Powers 3. But I, I suspect that that nanny's going to show up at a certain point. So in between clip show and exposition, where... This is a fucking weird episode. It's a weird episode, because it's, it's just... It's hard for me to talk about. Clip show, clip show, exposition, like, oh, interesting nuggets for the audience. Yeah. Clip. Like, just a, a lot of padding of like, oh, so your father? How did you know your father was part of SD6 or CIA? They have to show that like a, like a good like ten seconds of a fight before her dad pulls up, and it's like that's why are you padding this? <laughs> why are you like you? Yeah, I don't know. There's some scenes like that that were infuriating. I just wish that Terry O'Quinn could have listened to our podcast before he interviewed Sydney, because he would have been totally up to speed oh. with the events of Sydney's <laughs> yeah. life. Yeah, he wouldn't be asking all these bullshit questions and wasting our time and Sydney's. He'd say, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, this is this is like this was this is like a podcast episode of this show. I mean, uh, yeah, no, it's it's like the show's Talking Dead. It's like Talking <laughs> Alias. Yeah, with Lost Guy. You know his name is Terry O'Quinn. With Terry O'Quinn. He asks these questions. You make reference to Marshall. Who's Marshall? Oh, he's our tech guy. We, his hands may or may not be normal size. It seems like he's standing on a table or like a bunch of phone books. It's really <laughs> weird. I can't tell. It's hard to say. Yeah. His uh, wrists may or may not be normal size. Right. They seem like they could be. Could be. But Loves candy and hates scoliosis. <laughs> who doesn't? Yeah. There's no scoliosis fan. You don't even put that shit on any of your dating profiles. It's just a given. Go to iTunes right now. Look for a scoliosis <laughs> podcast. It's going to be only anti-scoliosis. <laughs> I don't know that. Hey, on the plus side, you miss a lot of school. <laughs> That's the best part of scoliosis is that you don't have to take off uh, your shirt in front of the entire <laughs> class when you do the scoliosis well, we test did, anymore. You know, no one they did that. Uh, yeah. So speaking of the scoliosis test, when I was yeah. in seventh grade, mm -hmm. a girl that was in the same grade as me, I guess she had scoliosis because then all of a sudden she was absent. And I think she had to like get a bunch. Like she had to get surgery, and so she missed a bunch of class. And I think she eventually left school. Uh -huh. But it was like it all hinged on that uh, scoliosis check. And it's like, yeah, she had scoliosis. That's a doozy of a thing. Yeah, so she had to get that fixed. I think she missed enough class where she couldn't go forward with us. So I was like, I might as well change schools and be like held back. It'll just look weird. Having scoliosis. Yeah, like, you're all fucked up and well, weird. Being like held back, you know, and like being in the same school. I think there's a mm -hmm. bit of a stigma. Oh, of regardless course. of yeah. whether or not it's for medical or any reasons, really. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you're, you're just assumed that you're a dullard. Well, let me tell you this about dwarf hands. Yeah. Is this the second episode yeah. where there's no new dwarf hands? Let me tell you something else about uh, character montages. Where were the many fucking looks of Mantis Dixon? 
why no mantis montage? Well, hmm. uh, racism. Hmm. Is that, that's what you're leading toward. Am I? I assume so. Oh, yeah, you're right. But let me tell you about the, the Dwarf Hand Supercut. Here's what I have in all caps in my notes. Okay. Uh, it says, a ray of sunshine through these clouds of human feces. Yeah. Which is really how it felt. I'm like, oh, yeah, Dwarf Hands. That's back when the show was fun, before it was a lock <laughs> in, a, in a gloomy conference room, just like harsh fluorescent lights and mom wigs and chenille jumpsuits and just everything being shitty. And just alias pretending to be a drunk woman at a party, because that's what spies do. Yeah, it works. Yeah. I'd buy it. Uh, yeah, so we, we do get a bit of, uh, you know, through the past darkly, no pun intended, with Marcus. Where he, I'm glad no pen was intended because it doesn't work. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Rolling Stones pun. Marcus, uh, Spider and the Fly. You, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. They show him blow, that we we almost missed it because of no previously on Alias or that little Alias uh, briefing recap mm-hmm. on every episode. But they showed this shitty goddamn explosion again. At they the did, hands and it looks prepared. just as bad. And I didn't notice yeah. this. <laughs> they noticed, I didn't notice that this time, but... After Marcus does the detonation and the building explodes, like pieces of it kind of hit her <laughs> in the face. Yeah, like somebody like, throws like a few handfuls of like uh, like wine bottle corks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like the, that was the, the FBI guys. Up, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that that those are their uh, cremains just scattering mm-hmm. over like snow. Yep. Spy Dad, he says we got to find out where are they holding Sydney. He finds bitter beer face. Yeah, waves a gun in his bitter what beer does, face. He puts, he says, puts the gun to his uh, bitter beer temple. Yeah, and he. Uh, oh, he, oh, please say what? it. You're going to say what? I think you're going to say. Not no, that, that. That sounds antagonizing. I mean, please go on. But what do you think I'm going to say? You're going to his quote. What? You're like that. You tell anybody about this, and you're not going to be able to wear a hat anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is so? What do you think that means? Uh, because it, I have no fucking idea. I well, I'm assuming because you don't need the top of the head to wear a hat. To me, that's all the more reason to wear a hat. Yeah, if it rains, if it's gonna a, fuck your I, brain up. I had a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Someone put a bullet in my head. I'd be like, ah, oh, I gotta wear a hat now. I better wear a helmet. I don't want to fucking talk to all these everyone on the street, all my coworkers, and be like, hey, what happened to your head? Nope, it's pure like, hat. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. People are just going to assume because he is bald that he's that bald guy that will never take off his hat because sure. he's bald, which yeah, is fine. Of course. Like, uh, who, who are some of those guys? Billy Crystal? No, Billy, Crystal Billy Crystal is without a hat. most frequently seen not wearing a hat. Right. But he is bald, and he should take a fucking hit. He, he likes baseball. He likes baseball. Yeah. He loves baseball. He loves baseball. It's a little maudlin when he talks about it. We all do. want to see Billy Crystal cry? Ask him about, uh, I don't know. Yogi Berra, Mickey Thur- Thurman Munson. Sure. Yeah. Just uh, him talking about the green of that grass. Just him and Bob Costas holding hands, <laughs> trying not to kiss each other. Yeah. Uh, good for them. God bless him, I say. Uh, right. So, uh, you, you how frequently able- does SD6. Okay. Hold on. I, th- I thought of uh, another reason. Because right. he's going to he- shove his head so far up his ass, he'll be wearing his head, his ass for I, a hat. I think if you're waving a gun in someone's face, it's not really... Uh, or Why maybe be- it's like, you're not going to be able to afford any hats after I get you fired. Yeah. Bitter beer face. Just be you drinking bitter beer with no hat on. No hat on. Nothing to keep the rain, as you said, from falling on your brain. <laughs> it seems reasonable. Yeah. How, how frequently does SD6... Send Sydney on missions? Oh, all the time. It Weekly, it would seem. Weekly. Every uh, week. Very very exciting missions during sweeps. And that goddamn Smash Mouth song. Did you do your uh, research to see if it was something else in, I, on the DVDs? How would you replace it with a Smash Mouth song? Oh. What could be... It's like, well, we could... We Smash Mouth afford. is like, yeah, fuck it. Just take what you want. And I'm just, listening to this song. Maybe it's just because I'm in a good mood. But I'm thinking, why do we make fun of Smash Mouth? This is fine. Like, this is, uh, you know, it's not my favorite thing. But Every era has, like, a fall guy. Yeah. That's true. You got, like, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yep. Smash Mouth. Yeah. Just to name two. Just to name two. Yeah. To the two most, that, like, you Google fall guy. It's Lee <laughs> Harvey Oswald. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, they're the patsy of kind of uh, mellow stoner surf rock bands. Yeah. Um, Milo Rambaldi. I have in my notes, 
uh, Steve Wozniak meets Nostradamus. Oh, because his shit was too out of its time. Yeah, like he's he was an architect and considered a heretic, a heretic because of his crazy inventions. Yeah, like Exorcist too. Like man won't fly, murdered. <laughs> what? Like they're just like oh, like he's like he has these little like corkscrew Da Vinci helicopter drawings. Right. So like whoever saw that was like oh, man can't fly in a machine. We're killing you. Yeah, you I, I guess they did. They yeah. they did execute him. Yeah, he was executed because he was like they. That's what they say. He his inventions and ideas were too ahead of their time. So he's like, "Fuck it, you're dead." How do you like that? Yeah, how do you like Milo? How do you like your fucking genius now? Stupid. Yeah. And then uh, Von Spy Dad and the Fat X Wing pilot they they load up in a gray pervert van <laughs> with a clear license plate, which I noticed, and I didn't so did the cops. That. No. I saw him like there's a you could see the goddamn license plate and as soon as I speed away, there's like a cop like oh like giving the like the license plate number immediately. But I like that they use it in the exact same way that a pedophile uses that van, where it's like we're gonna pull up really fast, we're gonna pull you in and speed away. I think pedophiles are more of the grooming type, where they kind of like just show up looking for a lost dog. Then why do they use that van? Because they're not pedophiles. You're talking about pedophiles? Yeah, or? I'm talking about in real life. They use uh, slow... They're like the snake from uh, Jungle Book. Ka? Yeah. Just kind of like... So wh- why the association you. with that, uh, with the windowless van? I would say... Uh, I would I would take it uh, a step back. Uh, if you're putting it in a in a file cabinet and you're putting it in the, uh, the drawer that says pedophile, uh-huh. I would say the pedophile file is a great name for a podcast <laughs> the pedophile file is like a little folder and the entire drawer is like rape okay because that's like a rape van i see so the hierarchy goes van yeah rape folder rape drawer yeah pedophilia statutory is it, is folder in the and that's where you have like your buffalo bills yeah uh and so on and so forth Oh, maybe the I think a better the the file the drawer is we're probably gonna figure ab- this out. The drawer right. is ab- abduction, and then okay. you have rape, pedophilia, alias, alias. All right. <laughs> now it's a, that's far less inflammatory. Uh, okay, that it's one, an abduction van. The scene from old school where they abduct pledges. That's, <laughs> that's right. also in there. So uh, hazing is intense. Yeah, we don't know that they didn't rape them or put on put them on a plane to Italy. Yeah, who or, knows. Them Probably in, uh, both in, in the bottom of a well. Nowadays, these kids in their fraternities—they don't know when to not use blackface. Uh, I was 15 years ago. Yeah, I think things were mellow then. In fact, I know they were. I saw the movie. <laughs> Worked out fine. Okay, great. <laughs> so they got to get Cindy to the airport. There's a plane waiting to take you to Italy. So you can just look at it. Wait, so wait, you wait. have to look at a mountain. The plane doesn't have to land, right? They just—you can just look out the window. I'm like, yeah, there's Mount what at Sabali. So. Well, I guess it has to land for their alibi purposes, where because they're like, "How are we going to get away with this?" Take a photo. No, but I mean, like, how are they going to be able to explain this to SD six? It doesn't seem like they're that worried about the FBI. Okay, but they're worried about SD six right, because if she she's not there for a while, it's like, "Hey, where were you?" It's well, they gonna... they have a meeting on Tuesday. Or yeah. <laughs> they named the day. Oh. Like, well, it's Friday. She has a meeting on Tuesday. Uh, I didn't write this. I did write it down in my notes. We get to see. Uh, they ask. Oh, so your dad brought you in? No, it oh, was yeah. actually Arvin, clean shaven, uh-huh. or as I would call him, pre-Alanon Bob Balaban. Just Bob Balaban. Okay. Yeah. Fine. It's probably his Fine. wife. His wife was healthy. His wife was healthy. He had all Cole of his wasn't fingers. acting up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's before Cole gave him a hard time. Yeah. Before he's filing all these HR reports. He's popping Zantac for his ulcer. Yeah. Cole. It all seems like the Department of Special Research, the FBI, SD6, they have some inkling to the Rambaldi artifacts and stuff like that. And I like... Or the predictions. So they're like, aside from the picture, there's probably some, like, oh yeah, she'll be this woman, blah, blah, blah. I like that the show also acknowledges beyond, you know, sort of asking all the questions that our dads would ask. It's like, well, isn't she jet lagged all the time? Yeah. yeah, as it turns out, it takes its toll. I mean, you never really see that reflected in her. It seems like she performs fine all the time. But, right. uh, yeah, I'm glad that that's finally 
she has to play around a lot. Well, she's not the, the best of friends. Of friends, she's a lousy to, friend to Francie. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get there in a moment. Okay. And uh, Sydney's, she gets in this the trunk of uh, a car driven yeah. by Vaughn. Sydney's worried. Well, maybe this prophecy is true. Maybe I could bring about the end of the world, right. which is stupid, but it's expressed regardless. But I'm glad that in the trunk. Somehow, in a fucking clip show, they found a way to get Sydney in her underwear for us. <laughs> How specific was that lighting? They're like, well, you could be just be wearing your clothes. Yeah. But for some reason, you need to be in disguise as a woman with a bob haircut. Yeah. Wearing a chenille. Tracksuit. Yeah. <laughs> totally unnecessary. Just trailer park chic all the way. But there will be about three seconds of you in your underwear. Yeah. Which is what the perverts show up for. Yeah. People are gawking at you for. Yeah. And uh, so then we're, we're back to where we were at the beginning. Uh, she's driving away. There's a cop car with its uh, lights on. Seems to pass her. Yeah. And as soon as it passes her, as, as she's about to let out the sigh of relief, does a, a hard turn and gets on her tail. And she's, she's, oh boy. She's on a stretch in San Pedro. Here we go. Just driving down. Uh, what is that? Do you think they had that Life is a Highway song as she uh, did this car chase, but they had to take it out because oh, of I, rights? It's on the IMDb. Yeah. I know for a fact that that is always blaring on the set of Alias, and it makes it a nightmare for editing. Uh, they are sick There's continuity errors. Yeah. They had that the fucking band singing it all the time. But all this episode required uh, was one empty office. <laughs> and a Storage a, room. And a sh- which they already have. Yeah, I swear that's the same fucking storage room that is just. Oh, we need a nightclub. Oh, we need yeah. a storage room. Throw the chain link up. Cha- throw the chain link fence up. That is synonymous with storage rooms all across America. Which I've never seen. It's like an evidence room, maybe where you have like right. All right yeah. Got to. That seems right. You got to gate up your uh, AV equipment and cocaine, because man, the same people want both. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Namely me. Namely you and Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Very specific Venn diagram. So uh, all this episode required an empty office, a stretch of road in San Pedro, and uh, a pier. That's L.A., baby. A pier that she can drive off of. Yeah. San Pedro. That's it. Pedro or Pedro? Pedro. Pedro. San Pedro. I feel like the... St. Petey. The, the local punks... It's San Pedro, but uh, punks. Yeah, like that. Like the guys in the Minutemen and shit. <laughs> All right, like, the, about, like the proper Repo Man what style. Are, punks. What about the uh, the Mexicans that actually speak Spanish? I don't fucking know. You Let them do what Pedro? they're doing. Whatever they say, that's yeah. more accurate. I'm assuming. All right, back back at home, Francie and Will sitting on the couch, <laughs> just watching. eating pop. <laughs> These things are stupid. Here's that popcorn for the chase that I made. What the fuck time is this? That they're both at home. They're watching this chase. It's light outside. Yeah, no, there was, if you noticed during the chase, there was some like in and out of magic hour scenes where like, oh, the sun is much is like significantly more set than it is a minute ago. Or not a minute because that's how time works or how sun sets. But it'll be like pretty much set. And then the next scene, it'll be a lot lighter. So I'm like, all right. And no one's perfect. All I can think was that it's like, it's what they call the last of civic twilight where it is right on the really right on the cusp of being dark because yeah. then like uh well we should get there um he drives the car off the pier well uh francie and will are just eating popcorn and watching this right um, which as a native californian of los angeles county you love popcorn i love pop oh my because god because of the movies is this where we do our we just segue into our ad for popcorn you don't need to the make concept an ad for popcorn. Of popcorn you do Ah. Some people forget that it's low in carbs. All that Orville Redenbacher shit is a waste of everyone's time. No, it's not. sells itself. It does not. Well, it could be praised. It should be be praised. It should be eaten. It should be eaten, uh, beloved. Uh, There should be so much posy written about popcorn. Uh, Well, it's a good thing the shitty car that the CIA provided (laughs) has manual windows. Yeah. Because she can, uh, as she's sitting... At the foot of this pier, she unrolls the windows. No, she doesn't. She does not. How does she get out of the car? She unrolls the window after the pressure has stabilized as she's calmly sitting in the fucking car. So how does it fill up? I guess it just she, slowly through whatever yeah. way it fills up. Yeah. Okay. It's, well, not still, a, it's not a hermetically sealed car. Right. But but still, like it's 
had it power windows, they would have dead. worked. Yeah, yeah. She could have kicked. Her she could have kicked. Yeah. And then she sucks uh, <laughs> air out of the tire. Lots of time to think while she's sucking air out of that tire. Like in View to a Kill, which I think is a coincidence, but still. Yeah. James Bond does it in View to a Kill. There, I think it may be a coincidence, more of an, uh, another homage. I just No, this isn't the... Uh... There aren't a lot of genres and what have you where a character is sitting in a car underwater for an extended period of time and needs to fake their death. But you remember how remarkable... You're not going to comment on how remarkably fucking cool she looked? Like, she was collected. Yeah, she was yeah. kind of like... Uh, like Kind of like, fuck. Like when you're... She looked like she was contemplating like... She was maybe at the at the end of the block of the, that she lived on. Mm-hmm. She had left her house or apartment, and she had forgotten a scarf. And she was thinking... And it's Los Angeles. She doesn't even need it. Yeah. She's it like, just looks nice. It's it's going to be like 65. Maybe I need it. I don't know. Am I going to be outside later? Like She's just like contemplating like a, a trivial thing as, you know, it's just like good... It looked like the, the pier behind her. Like it, mm-hmm. that was shot... Well, she was uh, in an actual car that was sinking. The, like, breathing, like, when she rolls it down and she's outside and she's uh, breathing from the tire, that was, like, obviously, like, in a, a water tank. Right. But that shot of her just kind of like, hmm, like, oh, I'll figure this one out as the car sinks. That's, that's, I think I'd be gener- generally terrified as an actor, even though I could probably see the the frog men and women uh, mm-hmm. with rebreathers and whatnot circulating. Yeah, I wouldn't be cool. I would freak out immediately. Yeah. And I would... Uh, They'd probably have to call paramedics. Yeah, I'd say they, stop. the paramedics would be on site. I would just be screaming. I don't yeah. want to be the alias anymore. Stop the show. I would have bloodshot eyes. Yeah. I would say, get Abe on the phone. Abe would be my agent. Yeah, I'd say, get Abe on the phone. I am done. Yeah, I am fucking I'm not, done. Not fucking um, doing these underwater car bullshits anymore. But Jennifer Garner, she's a professional. Yeah. Hey, that that shit made uh, Ed Harris cry in the abyss. Yeah. Ed Norton crying the honeymooners. He deserves to cry. Yeah, fade to evening. Sydney calls uh, <laughs> calls her dad. Yeah, still by the docks. Yeah, which seems weird. It seems like move away from the docks. You think maybe there's That's like a where they're looking for you? Yeah, the uh, the NY uh, NY the LAPD frogmen and women are attaching hooks to a crane that's lifting that car. <laughs> uh out of the uh, water they're gonna say oh shit she dissolved yeah oh wow that yeah <laughs> that's lapd for you like yeah fuck it our job's done who wants to do paperwork right let's go <laughs> and uh jack bristow he's like we, you, you gotta get on that plane it's still been waiting there it yeah. still hasn't taken off it didn't occur to me that it's, it's waiting a private for jet her. yeah that makes more sense yeah than anything that i had in mind it's not like a jet blue fight like yeah. oh you missed it should have splurged for the refundable ticket. And Sydney, whose mother, she thought, died in a watery auto accident. Yeah. She's like, maybe my mother survived this way. After all, we got the same genetic it's, information. We maybe the lot. same heart size. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the other thing that was similar? Other than the DNA. It was, it was uh, DNA, heart size. Propensity for wigs. Is Sydney going to find in the box full of... Going to be a false bottom and it's just... Full of shitty full wigs. Full of wigs, shitty wigs and chiffon dresses. Like, no, <laughs> no! The prophecy! My fate! It's been foretold! I don't like my fate! <laughs> I hate being alias! <laughs> oh. Or is it just her face? Is it her face? Yeah. No, I don't know. It's, it, it's DNA, heart size. Yeah. <sighs> it doesn't matter. Now Sydney thinks that the prophecy is about her mother. Yeah. Her mother's still alive. <laughs> and this is... As you alluded to that 10 minutes where she's just sucking air, air out of a tire. She's thinking, like, oh, I'm putting this together. It's probably what my old ma did. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I bet she was thinking it, but about your mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. burn. Yeah, she's she's immature. That's it for yeah, uh, that's, episode, uh, what is it, 17, 16? Maybe mom's alive. Maybe we're going to go look at a mountain, find a mama. So that's it for episode 17 yep. of Alias Q&A. Q&A, just a lot of clip clips with a Q. <laughs> yeah. Q-L-I-P-S. That works. And exposition with an A. Exposition? Exposition. Sure. Um, Explanations. Clips and, and explanations. This is elephant talk with an A this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wish that we had uh, done our research. On what, Rambaldi? All of, uh, I don't know. Rambaldi, Maybe we, we would have watched two episodes, but I don't think so. We I think. You, you think we should have done like another 
no, but episode to kind of lead I don't me know. this. I know we've probably been is, talking about this. Is this a letdown? Because it's a clip show. You seem kind of let down. I'm not let down. Yeah. I mean, we, we learned a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, stuff that the fucking show had to say. Let's just sit you down and we'll tell you what you want to know. It's interesting that it's a clip show, but one that you cannot skip. It's a clip show. It's, it's a mandatory clip show. Yeah, because they knew how to like like sandwich in exposition for all the shit that you've been wanting to know. But, you know, it's couldn't a, ask. Couldn't ask a, the show. You would describe this episode as a shit sandwich. Your words. Yes. All right. Uh, Until uh, next time. Healthy amount of shit, and uh, the bread was uh, fresh. Okay. <laughs> like a manwich, but instead of uh, instead of manwich, it's feces. Yeah. Okay. Mm, damn. I want a manwich now. We could, that can be arranged. Yeah. Until next time, we'll have a well, show that's not uh, a clip show. Hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Will they do two in a row? I don't know. That seems low, even by network <laughs> TV standards. Two in a row. Those maybe bastards. maybe we'll get a flashback onto who her mom or, was, or maybe it'll, it'll be a clip show about uh, Will and Francie and those people that weren't covered in this show. Maybe it'll have like a bunch of different shorts, and it'll just be like a day in the life of Marcus Dixon because he got snubbed hard. Why not? It yeah. could be about his time in the hospital talking about that freelancer, just mumbling freelancer and weird Jamaican accents. We have no idea. Yeah, uh, and I'm open for it. I'm excited for it. Uh, we're on Twitter. We are at Final Frontiers. Oh yeah, Gmail Final Frontiers Pod at Gmail dot com. Uh, rate is on iTunes. We finally yeah. launched the podcast, so I, I get to uh, say that obnoxious shit. Yeah, about rating is on iTunes. Rate it uh, five stars. Five, yeah, why not? Rate is how much you like Alias. Five paws. Like I said, that this is keeping your pet uh, uh, company true. while you're home. Your dog would be. Is your, the shit out is of your, your yeah, otherwise. yeah. Is your fucking couch destroyed? No, you're no. welcome. You're sitting on it right now. Yeah, listening to Final Frontiers. Dog is asleep. If you're listening to this while you're browsing for couches on your phone, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Rate is accordingly. You come home and your couch is intact and your dog is wearing a wig. You're fucking welcome. You are welcome. Rate is five stars on Amazon. Yeah. Don't send his money. Wait. That's off the table. Whoa, 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 it's whoa. It's not off the table. I'm saying don't feel the obligation. Okay. Rate us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> Go fund me. They're made out of gold, these stars. Yeah. I imagine. Solid gold, easy action. T-Rex. The Jeepster. Yeah. Rest in peace. L. <laughs> uh, so until next time, uh, I'm Matthew. And I'm Mitchell. And uh, enjoy yourselves. Good night. Hey everyone, just a reminder that when we recorded this episode, we were called Final Frontiers. Now we're called Here Come the Warm Gents. Bit of a mouthful, but that's okay. Uh, So bear with us. Thanks for listening and uh, have fun.